Hello and welcome to The Cinema Show, where we bring movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I'm Dylan Mark about our favorite Christmas movies. And let me tell you, if you have not uh, beat up a zombie or prayed to an angel that you never existed or uh, talked to Muppets while you contemplate life, well, then you're not doing it right. And if you've never done that this time of year, well, we got the episode for you. And to help me talk about these movies is Jack's home. Oh, yeah, that just cool. sounds like my typical Sunday afternoon, talking to Muppets <laughs> and praying to God I wish I was dead. Typical Sunday stuff. Hey, hang in there, Jackson. Oh, and uh, we have a great panel here with us. Uh, writer, director, uh, actor, all the way from Austin, we have Aaron Salinas. Oh, oh holy moly, I'm back. Uh, you might have remembered me as the time when I... Uh, uh, wiped the floor uh, with Emmanuel and Lino uh, last time uh, we did the cinema scuffle. Uh, not to brag, but it has gotten me a few drinks at some bars. But, uh, <laughs> hey, that means yeah, words humble. getting around. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even have to tell them who I am. They're like, Jesus, you're the guy who doesn't shut up about that. Thing. <laughs> and we have another great filmmaker here with us, writer, director, actor, uh, you name it. Uh, live from the set of Yikes, Chris Olvera. How are you? Hi. <laughs> it's great to be here. Hi. Glad to have you back. I know last time we had you on, uh, we talked about our favorite coming-of-age movies. And I got boiled real quick last time. And, I had to, like, and, have yeah. friends. I'm like, can you watch this? Because I felt like uh, I canceled myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We bring it all. Like, I... Let me tell you, uh, every time we do one of these things where we bring our own favorite movie, I love it because it not only expresses who we are, but just a variety and range of movies that we talk about. And I love it. And I love your choice and all of our choices here. And let me start off with my pick. And that's a a Christmas classic in my eyes. Uh, This movie I saw maybe more times than Home Alone and... Speaking of Home Alone, it's Jingle All the Way, uh, directed by Brian Levent, uh, director of Beethoven and the Flintstones, a live-action Flintstones. A man did it, and he's here to bring Arnold Schwarzenegger back to life. Producing, speaking of Home Alone, this movie is Chris Columbus. And uh, this movie, lightning in the bottle in my eyes, let me tell you, a perfect, uh, uh, just a commentary on society and who better to lead this movie than Arnold, the man himself? You know, some people say he's Terminator. Some people say, oh, he survived a fight with uh, a predator. No, to me, he is Turbo Man. And who knew Arnold uh, was such a great comedic partner? Uh, this man uh, can do it all. He, he's a treasure in the world, and we need to protect him at all costs. But Jingle All the Way, uh, I mean... I'm sure everyone here can agree with me, is just not only a Christmas classic, but a, an American film that needs to be preserved in uh, in a museum, please, somewhere. But uh, I, I want to hand it off to you all. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, my goodness. What a man. For a lot of folks our age, that might have been a, uh, their first Arnie film, too, to be real. I, I think it might have been my first uh, exposure to uh, the Mr. Olympia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, like... For a while, it was definitely Batman and Robin. Like, that was my first. That's what it was yeah, for me. That's yeah, that's how it started with, like, Schwarzenegger. And I was like, oh, whoa. He's... That was actually my first movie to watch in the uh, theater whoa, ever. That's oh, great. Wow. I, did, I didn't know Batman and Robin was a bad movie until I was, like, 
like 15 and they were like, that movie sucks. And I had like a That's So Raven moment where I was like, what? And, like I just kind of <laughs> yeah. like played everything in my head. I was like, it does. Like, Wait, people so, think that movie's yeah, that, bad? Oh, 100%. <laughs> do not. Do, do, Chris is our first time like interacting this much, but don't, don't, dude. You're going to cancel yourself. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm no. okay. I, I, I always have hot film takes, but I mean, no, I mean, the movie isn't that great, but I do think that like, Batman and Robin was the first one where I was like, Schwarzenegger's cool. And I watched another movie. And I think yeah, it was he maybe, is cool in that movie. And I movie. think like, uh, <laughs> I'll see what Jackie did. Um, and I think it was like, um, oh, well, he's not blue all the time. And then like, I don't know what, I know there was a couple movies before that, before getting into Jingle All the Way. But um, man, I have to agree with you. Like Jingle All the Way is one of the best Christmas movies. That was my first pick actually. Uh, before landing on my my film, I forgot to and, tell you that, Dylan. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Jingle all the way," unless somebody else has it, and he's like, "Somebody already has it." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh wow!" I was like, "Fair <laughs> enough. It's a great film." And it's also like, um, I love it just as much as you do, and I, I can tell why because like behind you, you have a bunch of pop Funkos behind you. Not to reveal you right now, not to make you come out of the Funko Pop closet, but oh, I no, mean, it's, um, it's just like you're gonna dox him. You're gonna dox him. I'm a huge, I'm a huge toy collector myself. So like to watch. Um, you know, Jingle All the Way, like Small Soldiers, like uh, like Gremlins. Like there were so many films when I was younger oh. where I was like, "Whoa!" Like toys are like ah, cool, and like you watch a movie like Jingle All the Way that almost celebrates like nerdy kids and like their, yeah. their factuation with action figures and and I and, and toys and dolls and ah. like that. And the whole movie is about everybody that just wants this one toy. And when you're a kid, that's how you feel, right? It's like you just want that one fucking Incredible Hulk toy. You want that Power Ranger toy. Like you don't care what it is. And Jingle All the Way fucking kills it. Also, amazing Phil Hartman and Sinbad, Sinbad performances in that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why I bring up uh, Arnold is such a great. Uh, he being paired up with anybody in terms of comedy is great. I know before that he did Twins. Uh, I believe with Danny DeVito, and yeah. and that's a great movie too in itself. But the and Kindergarten Cop was that I, I think it, it might have been before just before maybe yes. Yeah. But man, Arnold just plays off so well. I know most of the scenes with Sinbad and Arnold are improvised, and it's mostly Sinbad just going off and Arnold reacting to all that, even getting some lines in there too. And he has to play off Phil Hartman, who plays the neighborhood gigolo, is. <laughs> is amazing and um yeah i am a pop collector but also i do have the turbo man um dude action oh my god well. i'm super jealous oh shit super so, jealous yeah yeah i i, I think what's kind of great about this one too is and it it's for some people it's gonna be a cringe in the heart but um this kind of is the american spirit of christmas mm-hmm. um like like it's capitalism in a nutshell it's hype it's just it's literally getting your kid the thing that they've been you know crying and moaning about for the past two weeks maybe uh you had no idea that they were going to want this toy and all of a sudden it's encapsulated their whole world and the the one of the most important days as a child um will be ruined if they don't have this toy like that is like american christmas in a nutshell and it's uh, it's one of the few movies that actually talks about it, not this like spirit of Christmas and Santa and being together and all that stuff. And like, I mean, at the end, there's that, you know, sweet kind of moment towards it. But it's it's all about this toy and we need and we need it. And um, it, it's super important that we do have it. And I, I think it's one of the few movies that does that and still holds up. 
like to this because like even like I wanted to talk about Elf, but even then I was like ah no, just because like I think uh, Jingle All the Way has more of that American Christmas spirit, if you will. Like it's it's no longer a religious holiday, even though it's centered around a religious theme. Um, it's it's not. And it, and this movie just kind of lets it be that, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, disclaimer: I hadn't seen this or any of the other three before. I haven't seen any of these before. So watching Jingle All the Way for the first time, I had only known that uh, our friend Robin hates it, or more so the kid. Uh, and Dylan, <laughs> oh, little little Annie loves it. Yeah, little Annie. George saw this movie and was like, you know what? I need this kid to play Anakin Skywalker. The, this is it um so yeah it, it was really funny i this movie is really good it's bad insane but it's so much fun and it like you said it perfectly encapsulates what christmas has become in current year you know hey i mean we all knew how black fridays went uh pre-covid i mean we saw the news reports. People were getting trampled. And here we see people getting trampled. It's still going yeah. on. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, it would still continue going on in American society. And I love how this movie is cynical. It really is. But it's really a reflection. And at the root of it, it's about a father becoming his son's hero. And he yeah. literally does at the end. But also, it's just a man going through an odyssey trying to make his kid happy. And, okay, look. I, I might be hyping. A hero's journey, if you will. I really, yeah, and I really, I know I, I'm biased with this movie. It's nostalgia, definitely. But this movie works so much if it were to be adapted on Broadway. I, wa- <laughs> I want to see Turbo Man the musical. Please give it to me and have Arnold come back. I don't care. He can no, do he it. He would be the, great. The man can do it. D- Dylan, I don't want to take the wind out of your sails, but SpongeBob SquarePants and Ratatouille were on Broadway. So I think it's fair to say damn near anything can be on Broadway. So I fully agree with you that I think uh Broadway be, would be able to encapsulate the chaos yeah. that that they have in this one and I think it'd be really kind of beautiful to see um the like the parade scene. Oh yeah. On Broadway, oh, yeah. I think it would be nice oh. and slow and um, creepy and anxiety inducing. It'd be great. Yeah, Chris. Also also to add in like before cause I'm going to go back to the musical thing um with this one sentiment, but this is also like the broiest Christmas movie. Like <laughs> Jingle All the Way is like for the boys. Like when I think about when I yeah. think about Jingle All the Way, because it's like you have an action star in there. It's about toys. Like it's also a major part of the movie, which sold it to me when I was little. Was always going to be, and it would be great for a Broadway adaptation. Was the Santa Claus fight? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was about to bring that up. That yes. Santa Claus fight is one of the best things that's ever been put to film. You have it's... Big Show punching uh, Mini Me, uh, Vern Troyer. Yeah, and they're all Santa. You get a Santa Ninja. It's it. This movie's got everything. Yeah, for it, a Christmas yeah, it's, movie. Yeah, <laughs> it. You're right. It's it has so many different things, and like that's one of those things where. I mean, I think about things where it's like I want to make as like a filmmaker, and I think about things like Jingle All the Way, where it's like this is something I would make. Like this is, seems like something like a full on Santa Claus fight scene is <laughs> sick, and like imagine that like on Broadway with some like dope ass stunts would yes. be mm-hmm. super sick. The Turbo Man fight at the end with the the, the fly system, the costume. It. We should write this. We should bring it to Broadway. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and it it wouldn't be as devastating as the Spider Man uh, <laughs> uh, into the dark. We don't know that yet. Um, I think we might only have like maybe two, maybe one and a half casualties. Um, so I think I think it could happen. I think one. The Turbo Man costume is sick. I think there's not enough costumes of it going around. Oh, um, really quick on that note, shout out to Will Flattery who designed the suit, and his inspiration was a mix of Power Rangers and Buzz Lightyear. And during the Nailed and it. during the nineties, <laughs> and during the nineties, those two toys were just the Megazord and Buzz Lightyear. People were almost killing themselves to get those. So I love how the inspiration not only. Uh, inspired the the story itself but also the design of the turbo man suit and will flattery went on to uh, do production design for men in black and some of our favorite mcu movies today wow look at that it's a yeah. good piece of trivia yeah just a little yeah, tidbit there. i i think um one of the main reasons i really like this is because my dad kind of had a similar incident like not a turbo man specific incident but uh, the GameCube had come out one year, and it was the hottest thing, kind of, sort of, at the time. Not really. Um, but I really wanted the GameCube, and it would have been, like, the like my first system that was, like, mine, like, brand new. Um, and my dad went to go get it, and I think it was, like, Christmas Eve or maybe a couple of days before. But the guy at Best Buy walked out, and he said, we have one. So uh, parent with the best story wins. And it was, like, seven people. <laughs> And like some lady was like, my, my kid just really wants it. And I think my dad was like third or fourth. And he was like, he's just really sick. And nothing would make my day better than to see my son open up that Christmas, this that this last Christmas gift. And my dad's telling me this like years later and I'm in high school. I'm like, you fucking lied that I was on 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 my deathbed? And he was like, you got the GameCube, didn't I? Didn't you? And I was like... Yeah, but still, dude, like that feels like feels slimy. And he was like, "Yeah." When I told that story, the last parents were like, "Oh, you can have it. Like, like go ahead." My kid doesn't. Just, <laughs> and he was like, "You just got to do those things as a parent." Sometimes I'm like, "Ah, that I appreciate you. You're my hero." But that is, uh, I don't know if that's the hero's journey we want. <laughs> Your dad's sick. <laughs> like, like sick, and also like, oh, that's sick, dude. Don't do that. That's like, yeah, it's a bit of both. Yeah, you weren't the yeah. sick one in that situation. He was. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I got to give him props, you know, and, and Arnie would have done the same thing. Yes, he, he would did. have. I mean, the man yeah. punched a reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> and then gave him yeah. beer later. He's like, yeah, may, let me make it up to you. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's enough about Jingle all the way. Uh, I will say the only because this movie is a perfect movie. Uh, you, you can't change my mind. Um, I will say. Wait, how long is it? E- even oh. the Rodney King joke. Oh yeah, it's it's great. Ooh. It's bananas. A, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't do that today, and no, because it's Sinbad who did the joke, it makes it okay to me. Um, I will say I don't like this. <laughs> As a black man, <laughs> he said he it's can okay. say it. <laughs> um, uh, it was his call. I'm sure it was ad libbed. Uh, <laughs> I will say I don't like the title uh, "Jingle All the Way." It's just a generic uh, like lyric, a Christmas lyric, and make it a title. I, I think it could have been a better title. But aside from that perfect christmas movie to me and with that said i think we should move on to the next uh pick here and this comes from chris oh okay (laughs) um so everybody watched this movie right yes Yes. crazy okay um (laughs) so yeah my pick was 2017's uh john mcphail's anna and the apocalypse um anna the apocalypse is one crazy genre bursting film 
Um, I know all of you guys probably have your own opinions on it already, but um, I heard about it out of Fantastic Fest out of Austin. Um, a lot of reviewers that I would like really trusted around that time were like, guys, I don't know how this movie is real. Like, I just don't know how this movie exists. Uh, it's a movie that is a, a Christmas movie, but also a zombie movie. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's awesome. Like, it's also British. And I was like, oh, okay, well, cool. Like, also it's a musical. And I was like, hold the fucking phone. I'm like, whoa, hold on. That's like way too many things. It's like, is there more? And they're like, it's also like a teen comedy. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, there's like, they keep stacking more and more and more on top. And, um, there was no release for it for a very long time time like it went to the festival and nothing really happened until i'm gonna say like 20 like mid 2018 where it actually had releases in texas and then i went to the dollar theater in san antonio regal fiesta rap uh it died with covid um Mm. it was literally my favorite theater in san antonio it was the only dollar theater that played independent movies um but yeah i saw anna in the apocalypse and uh it was crazy it was good it had this like really good like teen drama core which i felt like was missing at that time uh for film and like still is kind of missing um because when I see teen dramas now, it's either like a Riverdale or Euphoria. Like, there's no in-between. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's that. And I feel like it was the most absolute, like, kind of John Hugh-type film um, that I've seen. I know you can say, like, well, there's a lot of that, like, in the new Spider-Mans. I really don't see it too much. It, like, tries really hard to be... Everything that says, like, there's a John Hughes feel to it now feels too much like John Hughes where it's like corny you know does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah it's like a ro- romanticized version of John yeah, Hughes yeah it's romanticized and I feel like this movie like crushes that idea so well I think it's mm-hmm. also because the movie's able to like make the audience super empathetical because it's horror as well and like horror is the most empathetical genre uh, besides romance and drama and like an actual drama you're able to relate to the characters through like their deaths and through their scenarios and through the romance and all these things and using music as a tool to, uh, as a medium to like make this happen. Um, but along with that, the colors are great. I think all the songs are amazing. Uh, the dance routines, like the one in the cafeteria is like awesome. Like the use of wide shots inside it, which is really what's missing in like modern musicals. You know, a lot of people didn't like La La Land whenever it came out. Uh, because they were Still like, they were like, this isn't, they're like it don't even room. start with me. And look, we're not going to get into a crazy thing about it. But I will say I didn't hate La La Land. But I'm a huge fan of musicals. And I was like, I see what they're going for. But like, you look at a musical like La La Land, and then you look at a movie like in uh, On in the Apocalypse, or even like West Side Story that just came out. And it's like, you look at these two, like these awesome juggernauts of films that are getting all this attention. And then you see, like, on in the apocalypse, it's like, whoa, you're killing these, like, awesome, um, what can I say? Like, these awesome tropes inside musicals, and you're making them your own. You're, like, twisting them with genre. You're letting the kids slide in blood and kill people while they're singing. And, like, it doesn't feel like it's a different movie. It doesn't feel like it's out of place. It does not tonally shift or make the audience feel jarred. It feels like they're watching the same thing. And I think if you are like a filmmaker, writer, producer, anything, and you want to make challenging things, I do recommend you watch Anna and the Apocalypse so you can like blow your mind and find a way to glue it together and make your own thing. Because like that's what this movie does, like continuously and continuously. Yeah, this absolutely knows what it is. And like you said, it never, nothing once ever felt out of place. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. And I think they nailed it. I really enjoyed this one. I'd never even heard of it before. What I do like about this one is because I do remember when it did come out in Fantastic Fest. I was like, that's weird. I'm probably not going to watch it. 
Um, cause one, like zombie movies were just kind of like, they just felt exhausted. And I think I was part of that exhaustion at the time where I was like, don't want to watch it. But what I like, especially festivals like Fantastic Fest, um, just like, I feel like every year we always have the conversation like, Jesus, they can't come up with anything else. Like, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, rinse, repeat, recycled kind of stuff. Um, and then you get a movie like the Swiss Army Man, or you get something like, and on the apocalypse, and I'm like, all right, maybe they're they're not out of ideas. They just know shit like this won't sell, and and it it sucks because it is a very original idea. It's it's in its own pocket of weird Venn diagram of all the things, uh, kind of morphing together. It's its own little rat king of genres, and it it owns it and it's with it, and and I, I was enjoying it the whole time, and I'm just watching it. I'm like okay, maybe I should have seen it like when it did come out, blah, blah, blah. And then I get like towards the end and I'm like, commercially though, this just would not work. <laughs> like, and it's so much, and it's it's a shame. It's a damn shame because it's so much fun. But I guarantee you, like the family side of it would be like, well, that was just a waste of time. And then like the teenage uh, like group of it would be like, no, I didn't understand it. I didn't like, is it a Christmas movie? Is it a love, is it a love movie? Is it a musical? Like, and like so, to the general public, it it would be a dud. But if you just give it its own little time and its own and its own little care, you have a nice little diamond. And and it's 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 a it's a fun movie. Like, I mean, I I'm not gonna say it's a yearly watch, but if uh if it's at a Christmas party, I might sit down and be like, oh, have you seen this? It's fucking nuts. <laughs> like, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. For my note, the only thing I wrote was Shaun of the Dead meets High School Musical. And I mean that in the best of way, because uh, a guilty pleasure. I like the first high school musical and uh, Shaun of the Dead is great. So uh, I thought it was a perfect blend of that and being its own thing, um, compelling characters and they all have their journeys. And, you know, it's you're in a zombie movie. So some of those characters, uh, I, I was literally I, I didn't know I was attached to these characters until things happened to them. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, you. Why? <laughs> why? Um and if you don't have it's that time of year on your Christmas playlist, add it now because I was floored at how great not only was that whole scene just freaking awesome. I think it's a talent show that's going on, um, but that's a great song. Like That's a genuinely good Christmas song. And it was funny seeing um, the Chippendales uh, <laughs> coming out. Uh, it was great. It, it was fun. Uh, fun set pieces. Uh, the bowling alley scene is fun. And I was just having fun this entire time with this movie. So I, I just want to thank you, Chris, for uh, but keep bringing the unorthodox picks, by the way. Uh, I, I want them all. And thank you for giving us this gem. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad you guys liked it. It was like between this and I think I was going to like try to convince you guys to let me do Black Mirror's White Christmas. That mm. I do watch every year. Um, but <laughs> such a dark thing to watch every year. <laughs> but like, uh, no, on the Apocalypse, I've been watching it like since it came out. And I know it was on Hulu for a while. And I that, and like I think Aaron said it best. Where it was just like, you seen this? It's nuts. Like, that's kind of what the movie really is. And more so, is it my favorite movie for Christmas? No, it's Jingle All the Way. But, like, um, I brought it just to present a new film. And just to, like, at least, like, you know, your listeners to, like, well, I've never heard of this. I need to watch it. You know? So, I'm glad. If anything, y'all have, like, seen it now. Yeah. 
Uh, even if you're exhausted now, uh, I mean, especially when it did come out of the zombie genre, I, I feel like there's enough here to enjoy. And then also you can lean on the Christmas theme and the musical. Because, the, yeah, like you said, the numbers are great. Uh, the choreography and the songs themselves, I, I think it's great. Uh, even the, uh, I guess, the main theme, the not not a Hollywood ending song, uh, that's going to be in my head for a while, too. Yeah. That that is an earworm if I've ever heard it, and I was like, "Oh, damn it!" Like, yeah, I don't think there's any I, stage adaptations that exist of the show yet. Yet, that's yet. keyword. Yet. Uh, again, hey, another movie years. we should adapt. Yeah, just write that one down, Jeff. <laughs> write, write it down. And Got we it. also get a, a hero, heroine uh, and villain duet. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, that was great. Uh, I, I love how it just gets a little schlocky at the end with the uh, principal. I'm not sure what he is to the school. Uh, I just know he's an a-hole. And when he starts singing, I was like, yes, I want everything this movie was leading up to uh, being. Uh, I think it delivered. And it just got better as it went on. Yeah, Dylan, you know exactly how I feel about zombie movies uh, with our <laughs> Army of the Dead review. Uh, go, yeah. go listen to that one if you haven't already. Yeah, so I was uh, I did, didn't know what to expect. I just knew the title, and I didn't know it was going to be a zombie movie. And the first line... They say pandemic, and I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, but yeah, this movie just throws throws so much at you, and it's just so much fun to watch everything unravel. Uh, the musical, the first one, came out of nowhere, but I was completely on board. It, it's really for film fans. I think that's the thing. Like, It's a movie yeah. that's for people that like movies like yeah. it's not like they like musicals they like zombies like horror just you have to like movies and that's what the movie's for and i think it's you're right it's like completely unsellable and like but you're happy it exists you know what i mean like there's so many things yeah. about it that you love and appreciate i think or you will learn to love and appreciate as you watch more movies and theaters as we like continue to see these oscar movies that are coming out you're just like cool it's not as weird as I want it to be, or it's not <laughs> as like strange as we we know it could be. Uh, the power that they could have, and um, but there, there, there's there's a lot to pull from ultimately. This movie and the last movie uh, both have people being hit upside the head with candy canes. It's a <laughs> fun little oh, parallel connection. between the two. Yeah. yeah, that's why they're my favorite. We'll, we'll we'll see if we can make it a hat trick plus one. We don't know. We don't know where the night's going. You know. <laughs> um, what I kind of will kind of piggyback off of that is, and I know this this isn't is, it's a stretch, but I kind of feel like that's kind of what Parasite is gonna help with. And I know this is a long shot, I get it, but I feel like Parasite is so weird. And I feel like if Parasite came out fifteen years ago, you would have said the same thing that it's only if you like movies because it's not your your typical Oscar winning film. It's a little bit of everything. It's a it's a dark comedy. It's a tragic story. It's a social commentary. It, it's a lot of things that, like when it, it like when I saw Parasite, I was like, oh, this is my favorite film of the year. And then when I watched uh, Nineteen Seventeen, which that's a movie, y'all. Um, I watched. I was like, ah, this sucks. This is probably gonna get the Oscar. And like I went in with the full intention. I was like, it's it's gonna. This is clearly Oscar bait. It was a it was a pretty movie, but nobody's talking about Nineteen Seventeen anymore. And then when I heard like, 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 and it came out really early too. I think it came out in like October. Like I had like friends who were like, Hey, have you seen Parasite? Have you seen Parasite? I was like, you like all the Marvel movies. You think those are fantastic films. Like you actually liked Parasite? And they're like, yeah, it was really interesting. There was a lot of things. I'm like, 
oh, wow. So then you might like other things that you are blockading yourself from. And I think like if if people like Parasite, I think you're going to like be in you're going to find parts of Anna the Apocalypse that you enjoy. And, and I only bring that up just because Parasite shuffled our movie going experience for a lot of people that I think it makes movies like Anna and the Apocalypse more of a box office, more of a uh, a thing to enjoy and give a shot to. Um, and that's just a, a long-winded way of saying like, hey, thank you, Bong Joon-ho. You, you, did, you did God's work. <laughs> I would, I would, um, I, I agree with what you're saying about Parasite, but I do think Shape of Water is the better film oh, to draw from. You know what I mean? Like, boo boo, do not bring this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, Guillermo del Toro's Oscar winning speech is my alarm clock. <laughs> like, I fucking it's love so that where he's it, like, it's so good. It's, it's, it's an amphibious fish, man. And uh, a mute woman fall in love. And Fox Searchlight said, uh, uh, "It's a it's a home run." Like, oh, it's yeah, I think that's so the movie good. that opens up the doors for movies like On in the Apocalypse. I mean, that was like really the first year where they were like, "Let's get ah. weird and let's like indulge in this." And I think like it opened up a door for Parasite, and Parasite is going to open up a door for more films. Like, I think well, if you want to go I, back farther, I think Pan's Labyrinth kicked that door open first because I mean that was just like adult Muppets, but it didn't really, win, re- right? I mean, it won some stuff. It didn't right, win the but big stuff. It didn't stuff. win the big stuff. Like it got recognized, which was cool. It got recognized, and for a Spanish film about the Spanish Civil War with a fairy tale in yeah. it, that's for it to just get art and makeup was kind of weird. Yeah, I was like, "What the ah. f- is Pan's Labyrinth?" I didn't see this in any theater. Yeah, and then like Guillermo del Toro was knocking down his own was was setting himself up. In other words, I'm yeah, saying. yeah. I would I raise it. you all Lord of the Rings. Hey, we want to keep. I mean, we can. We're keep, gonna keep we going. Do this all day. <laughs> I, 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 I think. Uh. All right. And the fa- fantasy element. Okay, maybe. Yeah. There's a lot of doors that people keep kicking. No. Jeez. I hate this house. <laughs> all right. That's enough about this musical. Uh, I recommend it, of course. I'm sure everyone does. Uh, and, and I'm glad. Uh, actually, I'm kind of mad at you, uh, Chris, because I just watched this movie uh, right before recording. And there's a jump scare at the end, and I yeah. freaking hate that. And and uh, I'm alone in my apartment right now, so thanks. You're, you're on edge. Yeah, I'm a little on edge. <laughs> Merry uh, so, uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to me. And enough about the musicals. Uh, Aaron, what's your pick? I hope it's not a musical. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, kind of. Yeah, it is kind of. Uh, not really. They're songs. Um, but uh, mine is the uh, 1992 classic. Uh, where uh, we follow an elderly, wealthy, white gentleman who has an anxiety attack and decides to completely change his life for the better, and there's puppets. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, and when um, when Dylan asked me, he was like, hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to hang out and stuff? And I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm totally down. Um, and he told me what's going on. I was like... Okay, I'm the guy who brought Trolls World Tour <laughs> for best animated musical. So it can't be like everybody's go-to for a Christmas movie. So um, I, I really hate to say it. And, and um, one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies is on this list as well. And we haven't gotten to it just yet. Um, but I really love Elf. I don't know why Elf just like just nut punches me with nostalgia. <laughs> it just... 
I just love it. It 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 feels good. And I've always loved Will Ferrell, and I always feel like I have to defend him or defend myself anytime I'm like, yeah, I really like Will Ferrell. I think he's funny. Um, like people are like, oh, he does the same thing over and over again. I'm like, well, yeah, that just that's why I think he's funny. Um, but Elf, he just kind of like changes it up a little bit. Like he's like he's family friendly. And it would I it freaked me out when like somebody was like, Oh yeah, that's a classic. I'm like, is it there yet? Because like when I think of classics, I think of like Home Alone, Jingle All the Way, and like to me it wasn't there yet, but like now thinking about it, it's a go-to Christmas movie for a lot of folks. Um, I think like How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Elf, and I think that there's just that sweet pocket of like nostalgia fit movies. Wait, Aaron, are you switching your pick? (laughs) No, I'm not. Um, So I did it. I I wanted to pick Elf, and then I was like, you know what? We got to go with a banger. We got to go with the Muppets Christmas Carol because um, one, we have a, a, a is he a sir? I can't remember. Is is he Sir Michael King? He might as well be. No, he's a sir. Yeah, well, we have a we have the world's sir Michael Caine, who looks the youngest he's ever looked since he was in the original Italian Job, um, and uh, he's just bringing it. And I think one of my favorite parts about this about this film uh, is he told um, shit. What's the director? Uh, Brian Henson. He told Brian Henson he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna act like this is a Royal Shakespeare Company production." Uh, and just bring it the whole time. And Brian was like, that's it. That's what we want. That, that's what we need. There's just puppets around you. <laughs> and so, like, to me, that's really setting it up. Like, it's, and I really like it when, uh, like, really noble people in their field um, want to do really silly shit. Like, I think one of my favorite stories of all time is uh, uh, Weird Al Yankovic uh, reached out to Lady Gaga and was like, hey, I want to do a cover of her song. And her publicist was like, no, I don't think she'd be interested. And if I'm not mistaken, Lady Gaga fired that publicist because she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I want Weird Al Yankovic to, to cover my material. Like, like yes, that's a, that's an honor tradition. Michael Caine, like, beat himself up that he wasn't in London when they were doing a taping of The Muppets, like, in the 70s. So when he found out that they were going to do The Muppet Christmas Carol in London, he, like, switched his calendar completely and was badgering the Henson Production Company and was like, look, I need to be on this fucking film. Uh, you're going to get me on here. And I'm like, you're kind of like above the Muppets. <laughs> like, you don't have to. Like, are y'all in the same sphere? And he just like pushed and pushed and pushed. And they were like, okay, fine. We'll have a meeting. Like, I'm not going to lie. You have to like <laughs> be on your high horse to think that like, you're not going to just give them an automatic yes. And they had a meeting. And then like a, a day later, they like brought him on. But I love it so much. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it really encapsulates that the fact that they have Gonzo um, and Rizzo the Rat narrating the film. I think just adds a little bit air of like um, nostalgia, and it just kind of makes it feel cozier because someone's telling you the story, and there's some prose to it. Um, and also, I just want to point out that there's like a short list of actors who are underrated but always bring it every single time. And I think that's Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hugo Weaving, and Rizzo the Rat. <laughs> I think anytime you get any of those folks in a film, it's going to be stacked. It's going to be studied. You're going to have a good time. And you're going you're gonna to forget about them a little bit later on, but you're going to be like, oh, I had a good time. And I think Rizzo the Rat is like one of the best <laughs> parts of this film. <laughs> and of course, you know, Hagrid when he comes in, he's about Christmas present and all that stuff. <laughs> but 
uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol is a banger. Um, and Alfred Pennyworth uh, learns the true meaning of Christmas. Gonzo was Charles Dickens is great. W- with direct quotes from the book, uh, yeah. it, this movie is much shorter than what FX put out a couple years ago. They put out a miniseries made-for-TV movie that's like three hours long. It's like three parts, right? Yeah. yeah. And they just... Because this one's an hour and 25. Yeah, this it's is a less very than an hour film. and a half. And they get everything yeah. they need to do done. And it's so good. They trim all the fat and just all the necessary components... With time for gags, with Rizzo and all of the Muppets and musical numbers, and it, this is legitimately one of the best versions of a Christmas Carol I've ever seen. It, yeah. The Muppets elevate it. I it contrasting with the the happy Muppets and singing and dancing all the time with this dark and brooding human, and he's just it works. It's a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I agree with Jackie. I think this movie is really sick. My favorite adaptation of Christmas Carol is usually the musical form that Alan Menken did the music to. Um, I would say this is like a close second. Like, it's pretty sick. It's a sick adaptation. I've actually never seen it before uh, doing this. Uh, like, I do love a lot of Muppet. Like, one of my favorites is Rizzo the Rat. So this movie kind of, like, goes hardcore into, like, leading up to Rizzo. <laughs> Second favorite, Peppa the Prawn. Um, yes. But, like, yep. um, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, Rizzo's great. And I think, like, there's so many great moments of how they decide to, like, Always my favorite part of every any Muppet film that like he's like the Wizard of Oz or Treasure Treasure Island or like using all these different like versions. It's like how are they going to fit the characters into like this scope to the story? You know what I mean? Like and using Kermit the Frog as Bob fucking Cratchit is the saddest thing ever. <laughs> it's the like they knew what they were f-ing doing. It knocks him that. down to peg. Kermit is. Uh, Kermit's typically not the Bob Cratchit type. No, he's... Well, I mean, he really is, though. Like, when you think about it, he's the guy that wants to make things work. And, like, he's the guy that's like, well, I mean, for the greater good. Because that's kind of what he is, you know what I mean? Like, he's the for the greater good guy. And they give give him Bob Cratchit. Because there's no no world where he would be be Ebenezer Scrooge. If anything, if Michael Caine didn't exist, Miss Piggy probably would have been Scrooge. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, they they felt that... Henson felt that this was a big risk because... Because Kermit or, or a Muppet wasn't going to be the lead. And this was the first time where a Muppet film wasn't going to have a Muppet as a lead. And having Kermit play as second fiddle, but he's second fiddle outside of the room. He, you, you don't see him too much. You, you kind of, his pieces are important, but you don't really see him that much. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. But yeah, I think that's a very, very valid point to bring up. Yeah, I think like there's so many things. And I think this movie now to think about it, like is to know that this is the first film where they kind of did that it set a stone of like how they were going to make more films after this which made it easier for them to like continuously bring more celebrities in there that could help them up at name as well as like mm-hmm. you know like push their stories out um also a major part I've, I've seen this movie a little bit when i was little and the thing that always terrified me was of course the ghost of christmas present <laughs> terrifying he's terrifying and he's just like hello and he's just like he's not, there's nothing really like terrifying about him it's just like he's a human made of fabric and it's like <laughs> he's human sized and like taller and it's just like it's like you are a, you're terrifying um he's scary but like besides that music's dope his song's dope um yeah 
but yeah, I do love like the inclusion of Rizzo and Gonzo and how they decide to like put all the characters involved in. It's also like the time the best Christmas story. Like no matter what, like Christmas Carol is the best story out there for Christmas. Definitely. I would say I'm struggling between this one and uh, George C. Scott's Christmas Carol as my favorite adaptation. George C. Scott as Scrooge um, is great. Uh, but uh, Austin Powers' Faja is just as great. And <laughs> I, uh, funny you mention uh, the ghost of Pris- uh, Christmas present is scary. No, uh, the one that makes me my pants is the ghost of Christmas past. That floating uh, thing, I... <laughs> I don't know why they made it like that, but uh, she's a spirit. It was, she's no, that's what my sleep paralysis demon like. definitely <laughs> yeah. that is fucking horrifying. I like yeah, got it, it. I was like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it wasn't as terrifying. I think like like you're saying, it's sort of like it. It is probably the more terrifying. But I was like, oh, okay, I got used to it. But the guy, I was like, I can never get used to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Honestly, you it, if all three of them came up to me, I'd probably trust. Uh, ghost of christmas future i'm like at least i know what you're gonna do to me like i i know it's probably gonna be rough the other two it i i don't know i might have a true crime doc written after me about me after if i go with the other two so i don't trust him but we talk about the puppetry uh well i really haven't but uh yeah the puppets i love how they uh created new characters for uh the spirits uh because they could have easily gone through the Muppet catalog and selected Mm -hmm. like Fozzie Bear could have been uh, the ghost of Christmas present, you know, but they went out of their way to uh, create these new characters and the puppetry is just amazing. Uh, Even down to like their miniatures as well. Uh, Everything about it. So impressive. Just technically is a great movie. And I feel like with Brian Henson, uh, the son of Jim Henson uh, just did a phenomenal job with this movie and its direction and it's very heartwarming. And you throw the Muppets in there, and it just makes you feel like home. Yeah, and, and talking about the puppetry, I think it... And I think what sucks is because, like, especially, like, our age group, we kind of, like... We were kind of in the middle. Like, we had some stuff that was practical, and then we had other stuff that was, like, uh, you know, uh, effects intensive. So, like, we, we, have, we, we have that kind of difference that we have. It Like, some kids might see the Muppets and be like, oh, that looks fake. You know, that doesn't look as clean as it should. Um, but if you look at it, like, it is so clean. Like, even when, when we're talking, like, like all the Ma- the Mises talking oh, okay. at the same time when they did, yeah. super f***ing impressive. <laughs> like, that, that is very, very, very intricate. And, and just, like, how they had to nail it. Oh, and actually, one of my favorite parts of it is for the spirits and stuff to give them that look. They actually... Uh, puppeteered underwater and then green screened it because that gave them the visual look that they were looking oh, for. Nice. And I'm like, dude, y'all literally tried everything and the kitchen sink to try and make sure it looked like how you wanted. And that's why you really got to give it to Henson Productions, man. Like, it's always, they're always going to give every effort that they can just to give you a fun, silly story. And, and I think that that says a lot. And I yeah. think to really just summarize all of this, Jim Henson had passed away two years before this had come out. Uh, it, this movie's dedicated right before it begins to Jim Henson and Richard Hunt, who was the voice of Scooter, uh, Statler, Janice, Beaker, uh, Sam the Eagle. Uh, so he had passed away just that same year, just in January, and the movie came out in December. And having to do this movie with uh, as big of a risk, and not having Kermit as the lead, having a human as the lead, 
uh, Brian Henson having this huge movie on his shoulders uh, two years after the death of his father, and for it to come out as good as it did, it, truly a testament to everything that they do over there. And, and to, to add on to that, Jackie, it came out the same time as Home Alone 2. Wow. So it, w- it was coming out against a guaranteed check uh, against that. So like you like and two family films, you knew like what's the guaranteed check? Home Alone 2. Like my kid just saw it. So 100 <laughs> percent agree. And another thing I didn't realize Jim Henson died relatively young. Yeah. He was only 53 of bacterial pneumonia. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that that he was so young. That really mm. is he would still be alive. That's what mm-hmm. um, you know, I would recommend. <clears throat> I'm a huge Henson fan. Um, I'd recommend if you guys ever find yourselves in New York City, um, there's the Museum of, of Moving Image, which is in Queens. Uh, they have an exhibit dedicated to Henson that's like kind of unmoved. And it's a beautiful exhibit. You get to see like the first Kermit the Frog uh, oh. puppet that he ever made. Like all these like first just like first runs of everything and like all these different ideas he had. One of my favorite things about Henson is that Henson did not only try to like, like revolutionize entertainment. He tried to like revolutionize just like performance in general. And he tried to make a nightclub. I forgot the name of it, but it's where he wanted to install like 60 projectors and like project numerous types of entertainment onto every single wall. And every single panel, like, and it was going to look f***ing crazy. And supposedly he did, like, a test run, and it was, like, the craziest night in New York City in, like, 19, like, 73 or something. Wow. And they said, like, it was way too expensive to continue. They, like, only stayed as a project. Like, it was something that could never be brought back again. And now you go to your local Buffalo Wild Wings, and they have 100 TVs (laughs) in there. Yeah. It's something that can definitely happen, like, now. And it just looks crazy. Like, you see the drawings there, and you're just like, what the f***? Like, it's crazy. Like, there's just so much in there. I, I highly recommend you go there. A bunch of Dark Crystal stuff. Honestly, we're not, we're not too far off from that, really. If you think some of, like, the art pieces, like, the art installations, like Wonder Space, and, like, even the Van Gogh project that's kind of, like, popped <clears throat> up in major yeah. cities everywhere. Like, we're not too far off from that. Like, I think that's a, a, a dip of the toe of, like, oh, people can take it. And like you said, Jackie, like... The fucking Buffalo Wild Wings. Like, I feel overstimulated as soon as I walk into a Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm like, I, no, I'm exhausted. I need, uh, I need to talk to my therapist and I haven't even ordered yet. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. So, yeah, I feel like Henson was like ahead of his time. And yeah, it's just RIP. Gone like, way, it, just, way too soon. I can't imagine yeah. the type of fun he would have with the technology that's available to us today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chris, when you said uh, Jim Henson was going to revolutionize nightlife, I thought you were going to go down the road of Muppet strippers. And I'm so glad uh, you didn't say that. I just. <laughs> no, we'll leave that to Brian and what he did with Happy Time Murders. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Let's not mention that one. <laughs> yeah, same guy that made that made this. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Hey, two decades can change a man. Really? I mean, I like, the, didn't like the estate? Like try to like sue him. Yeah, there's a whole lawsuit going on. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really wasn't worth it. <laughs> like Happy it Time Murders really, was not a good movie. <laughs> it really wasn't. It was fun. It was a fun idea on paper, and it shouldn't have gotten more than that. I mean, it just should have had a better like. Honestly, it's a good idea. It's just it, it's a wasn't great idea done well. Like yeah, remember watching the movie and being like, why are people <laughs> on each other? Like it just doesn't <laughs> like it was. It was like a 14 year old made it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, 
trial and error. Maybe something yeah. like that will happen some other day, but ahead of his time. Yeah. Ahead of there his time. There you go. And speaking of time, <gasps> it's time to talk about our last movie. The last pick here, and this comes from uh Jackie San. Yes. Uh so I went with I probably have the most traditional pick out of everybody here. I, I can't help myself. It's <laughs> 1946's Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life, Jimmy Stewart. What more can I say? Uh that hasn't already been said. Um I first started watching this movie super young. Um, it was always on NBC on Christmas Eve, and Dad would always watch it, and he would have us watch it. And I was young, you know, it's in black and white. Uh, it didn't really hold my attention span. So I didn't like this one growing up, but every year that passed, I would watch a little bit more. And there was one year, I think when I was a teenager, um, I decided to sit down and actually watch the movie. And I was bawling my eyes out, and my dad was like, yeah, you get it now. Absolutely. <laughs> and I I rewatch this every year, just like he does. This movie is... This is Christmas spirit. It's family. It's, the lesson he learns, You, it's so important, and I don't think we really appreciate the time and the people we have with the stresses of everyday life that go on and maybe life doesn't go the way we want it to sometimes and at the end of the day we're still here we're still kicking we're still surrounded by friends and family and the people we love and it truly is a wonderful life it, this movie brings me to tears every single time i watch it uh, i actually didn't re-watch this uh for this episode because one i uh i didn't want to cry <laughs> this weekend but uh, I've seen this so many times that I don't have to. I know this movie like the back of my hand. It's such a great film. Yes. Uh, but I'm so I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Like it's 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 awesome in so many different ways. And also like let alone before getting into all of it, like Frank Capra, man, like one of the best filmmakers alive. Like like it I mean not currently, but he was one of the best filmmakers. Like everything he did from like this to like his World War II footage to like all the shit he did for American cinema is like crazy. And like he did contribute possibly the best movie. Like I can have my favorite. We could all have our favorites, but like It's a Wonderful Life is probably the best Christmas movie. Yeah, it, it probably is the best one, and it's like. And with all that being said, considering it was a dud when it came out, which yeah. is like it was unfathomable to me. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, that. I mean, well, there's a lot of stuff with Jimmy that just like never worked out. It's like like Vertigo was a dud too, and it's just like crazy, like how time is able to like really serve it well. You know what I mean? Which I mean, I think that's how everybody should think of everything. Like, I guess a lot of like art forms. You know what I mean? It's like just give it time. Like people will probably get it. They'll come around. But I mean, either way, like. All the effects in that movie are crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, all the effects in the movie are fucking insane. Like the way they do snow and the way they like they rotoscope and everything is like insane. The backwards projections, like they're awesome. But like just all of the scenes going when when uh, when he's looking back at his childhood and every single moment, like especially like the football game. You know what I mean? Like football game is like one of the most romantic moments. Like you know you get to see so much, so much expression, and like of course this movie's always going to be carried and always going to be like accounted to like the sincerity and like. The, the the genuine love that Jimmy Stewart puts into every role, you know, it's like people say like, oh, he's like the old Tom Hanks. And it's like, nah, man, Tom Hanks is like the new Jimmy Stewart. Like, you know, it's like simple as that. Like Jimmy Stewart's like one of the best actors like to, to ever do it to him. And like, 
to, to see that experience as like the football game and like that shot where they're just like staring at each other and they're like and they're, and they're talking and having the conversation the crowd's like crazy behind them like I think about that shot a lot when I think about lining up my own shots and I think about the staging inside that movie in general because it's it's so beautiful and so well done because when we get to like the final climax of this movie he's like I want to fucking live like I just want to like it's so beautiful and it's like it, it's amazing it's a celebration of life it's like it's barely about the holiday to me it's it's barely about the holiday it's mostly about what you love about the holiday which is like your family like at the end of the day like he's not gonna have a wonderful life but he's so happy to have lived it up to that point which is like amazing so uh i love that movie fantastic choice so a uh, shout out to rko pictures i mean uh great uh production company giving us king kong citizen kane which we talked about on this podcast and then it's a wonderful life so funny i had never seen this movie really before. uh I, you're yes. what and you're a movie boy <laughs> that that's what to, to me this is where like like every movie boy i think has this on their list as like holiday movies to recommend like this is like one of my favorite movies of all time yeah. Yeah, I I actually I have a very similar experience to Jackie. My parents watch this every fucking year. Every year my mom's baking Christmas cookies. She's baking stuff for Christmas dinner with, you know, family the next day. She's watching this movie. She has it on in the background. It's it's just always been my I remember this being one of the first DVDs my family had. Was It's a Wonderful Life. I I remember that distinctly. I remember all my crap, like animated crap, and then I remember It's a Wonderful Life was just boring and it was like and I never liked it as a kid. I always thought it was boring. It was black and white, so that meant it was going to be dull, in my opinion. I think all kids kind of grow up with that thought. And I, very similar to Jackie, I just sat down and f***ing watched it. And I was like, oh, wow. And I think I was like a teenager. I was like, wow, the, these emotions I try and, and bury, and this is like out in front of me. And ever since then, I've always watched it every single year. And I think it's... It gets more and more, imp- and I know the movie like the back of my hand. I think it gets more and more important every single year because I think there's some sort of turmoil that you're going through as you age that you thought high school is hard, and then you get into adulthood, and you're like, this shit is tragic, and I have to keep doing this every single day, and I don't want to. And you know, what does it matter if I, you know, you know, it it talks about mental health when they didn't give a shit about mental health. I mean, to be fair, like they were marketing cigarettes to kids back then, and. It was it was perfectly okay to you know to to beat on your partners back in those days. Like it's a fucking tragic time, and they're talking about you know like no, you are important. You you matter. Like you you belong here. And 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 similar to Chris too. Like I take a lot of like inspo from this film. Like as a filmmaker, just like 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 the shots are beautiful. They're doing things that that seem impractical and you're like oh wow cool like and i've said like hey let's do this from this um and i think to me and and one of the simplest things is i think whether you're religious or not just the idea of god like what what is god what does god look like what does god sound like what is you know all the things we try and do with morgan freeman and bruce almighty and all that like this this large empty warehouse that's you know purgatory heaven whatever you want to call it um and in this one it's just stars and, and and I don't know why that's so childlike, but so easy to uh, to empathize with. I think we all have that. Like, we don't really know. Like, I think I think you know not to go like in in like too too far off the deep end. But like, I think people lean into a religion to religion a lot uh, in film and everything, just because it's the e- we we don't know. 
the the idea of there being nothing after death is is terrifying the idea of of there being so much glory after death is beautiful and so we don't know what that's like so the simplest way we've always imagined is just talking to the heavens literally and seeing that with with the angel and and God just like talking like it's just so good. I fucking love the kids saying you know at the very end every time a bell rings an angel gets their wings. I fucking love that. Like I make fun of it so much, but again, I'm in tears. It's it's so beautiful. It's so good. It it's always. I try and read my audience whenever they're like oh do you like any good Christmas movies? I usually go into Elf. That's the most popular one. But if I see somebody, I'm like oh you've probably been through some shit, huh. Watch It's a Wonderful Life. You'll, you're gonna have a good, good thirty minute cry afterwards, and and then you're gonna you're gonna be happy. You're gonna be happy for a couple of weeks, and it's just, it's so good. And I, any anybody listening to it needs to watch it. Um, I think it's one of those movies. I wish I could watch it like every five years, but I can't. I have to watch it every fucking year. And the only reason I say every five years is because of that growth. Like you you might get something different after five years. But I can't. I, I find something new every time. And yeah, it's uh, honestly, when I heard Chris talking about uh, the Criterion Collection, when we first started, I was like, oh, his pick was It's a Wonderful Life, like clearly. And then like, I, I was not expected, like Jackie and I would have this very mirrored history. In all honesty, that's probably why It's a Wonderful Life is so successful. It was a dud when it came out. Somebody's grandparents probably liked it when they were a kid. And they're like, and I'll watch it like we did. Like, and we're like, oh, I'll watch it. And like, it just kept evolving to like, ah, this is important. This movie is so important. It really is. I was in shambles the first time. Like, I didn't want anyone to touch me. And I was just on, in my own little corner on the couch, just bawling my eyes out under the blanket. And I'm always going to remember my first experience with this movie. It, it, I didn't realize a movie, uh, that in, in black and white could make me feel this way. It made me feel so many things, not only just personally, but for the main character and just tell the story in such a way that it does with the God narrating, telling the story to Clarence, having Clarence actually come down and affect the story. And it, this movie came out in 1946 <coughs> and a lot of movies today aren't doing nearly as much as this one does. And it's, truly incredible it this opened my eyes so much to what movies the magic of movies and what what it can do this it's such an important movie to me uh and to ev to everybody who's seen it like aaron has been talking about it's it, this movie is wonderful <laughs> um if, if you somehow haven't seen it dylan how have you not seen this yet um, it's a wonderful life, this, more like it's a wonderful movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I was too busy watching Jingle All the Way. Watching yeah. real movies, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, man. If you haven't seen this already, do yourself a favor. Set aside the rest of your day because you're going to need it to just cry and think about the life you've, you've had. It's, it's <clears throat> such a good movie. And I can't recommend it enough. Well, what do you want? Uh, the moon? So good. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll I'll throw a, a lasso around it and, yeah, the moon. <laughs> James Stewart, I love him. He's so great. He's such a character. Man, I, 
I saw somebody <laughs> doing a TikTok with that. I'm like, you have no fucking idea what that movie's from. You have no idea the <laughs> yeah. importance of this fucking movie that you took a 15 second clip from. I it it irks me to no end. I think it should be it should be shown in schools. I really do. Like not film schools, but like I think like high school. I think this should be a part of like some sort I of. I think kids would just hate it because of that. Like, oh, I saw it in school, whatever. And you'll love it in ten years when you're twenty five and you just graduated college. You don't know what the ah. f- to do with your life. You think nothing matters, and you'll watch this movie like. Ah. I get it. Like. It needs to be seen. Like, it's so important. I think you need that exposure when you're young. Like, you need to know this movie exists so you can go back to it. Hmm. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. Uh, really quick on uh, George Bailey as a character. Uh, even when he's down to the very end where he's about to just give it all up. Right before he does, he helps a man. Again, he's putting his uh, somebody else's needs in front of him. Like even the first scene, where well, not the very first scene, but when we see him as a kid and he notices something's wrong with uh, the pills uh, uh, from the pharmacist that he's working for, uh, they accidentally puts poison, and right there he tells you wh- who he is as a human being and the struggle he has to doing the right thing, and he even gets a couple smacks around uh, for it, and and it just it's so like just. Uh, you feel for him when he doesn't get what he wants, and and it's not it's not a bad thing. He just wants to go to college. He wants to explore. He wants to do what he's been always dreaming to do, and uh, and it's so great at the end the the message it gives you. And it's something that I needed personally uh, where where I'm at in my life right now. And I think everyone kind of needs that reminder. And I feel like that's what makes it the best uh, Christmas movie. Uh, because of that message that we all need to just you know it's it's about family and and how we need to how fragile life is and yeah if, if i could say a funny story real quick i um whenever i was first watching like getting into this movie and i like gave it a full look through um i remember the pharmacy thing coming up and i told my parents i was like i didn't know like they could do that like i didn't know like thank god those <laughs> days are over my dad was like no that could still happen like 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 a pharmacist <laughs> could easily f- up and, and, and give you too much milligram. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, but watch the movie. Like, like that's not the important <laughs> thing right now. And like, I remember my, like my high school brain be like, holy <laughs> he's right. Like they're just throwing things into a bottle. They could easily kill. Like, so I had to get out of that headspace for a little bit, like while watching it, but still classic. <laughs> hey, if your boss hasn't smacked you around a couple of times, I mean, is this America? Are you living in America? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, is there anything else you want to say? Can we all like just quote like our favorite uh, lines from these movies? Uh, mine has to be uh, put that cookie down. I was going to say yeah. that one. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll go. Uh, mine's not a particular line, um, but when Rizzo, uh, when Rizzo the rat <laughs> falls from the gate. And he just like, and, and, and Gonzo's like, I'll catch you. I'll catch you. And Gonzo just, I mean, uh, Rizzo just falls straight into the snow and, and Gonzo's just like, I missed. Like, 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 it's just so good. Like, we, I, I, I it, it's so good. And then Rizzo's able to like walk past the gate and he's like, what? Like, it's, it's no important crux of the film. I just, it, Rizzo the rat, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Hugo Weaving, underrated actor. <laughs> um, 
one of my lines I want to actually take from uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol as well. Uh, the part when uh, it's like the most evil line I've heard in any movie ever. But it's whenever like Scrooge is like eviction notices, and then Kermit's like, "It's gonna be Christmas tomorrow, sir," and he's like, "Okay." <laughs> And hands it to him and goes, gift wrap them. Yeah. <laughs> and then he like walks away. It's like the most crap line in the world. That's it. Uh, <laughs> later on in that scene, he says to the charity, the charity people who are coming and asking for a donation, uh, he's like, ah, let them die. The people who need this money, let them die. It solves overpopulation. And in the moment, it's like, geez, dude, come on. How could you be so heartless? And then when you hear the ghost of Christmas pass say it, a Muppet, this fun loving guy say it and just shoot, spits it right back in his face, it sounds much more harsh coming from him, and you really just get a, a, how despicable of a man Scrooge is, and that's a, a great moment, too. Again, Charles Dickens, man. He did it. I don't know how he does it. Well, uh, I just want to thank you all for coming together and talking about your favorite Christmas movies. Uh, it was definitely a delight, and thank you for introducing me to new movies like it's a wonderful oh, life but also of course and on the apocalypse uh and hey um i i just hope everyone here has the best of holidays christmas kwanzaa hanukkah whatever you're celebrating or not uh, i just hope you're all surrounded by loved ones yeah uh, i'll echo those sentiments as well whatever you celebrate if you don't celebrate just have a happy healthy upcoming year uh be kind to one another watch more movies watch movies like Anna and the apocalypse give movies like that a shot um uh that i mean if you're listening to this podcast more than likely you already do anyway but uh but still <laughs> tell your friends to to watch weird yeah yeah i hope everybody has a happy healthy holidays and just to plug some stuff real fast make sure to watch a walk it out on youtube right oh, now thank you. uh, that was a really good uh i'm pretty <laughs> sure your viewers already know but i mean like walk it out was really good those are really good short films so make sure to watch it <laughs> thank you thank you and Jackson, a cap it off. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm so glad that we were able to record our Christmas episode with friends just talking about our favorite movies. I can't think of a more jovial way to cap off the year than this. Good friends, good movies, great times. Um, thank you all so much. Papa John. <laughs> Well, that's going to be a uh, be it for us here. Thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. Be sure to follow, download, and rate this episode on all our other episodes on your favorite platforms to listen to podcasts such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and Facebook Podcast. Also, don't forget to show us some love on our social media pages as well. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinema Show Live. There, you can give us your comments, questions, and overall thoughts on what you thought about this episode. Give us your favorite Christmas movie. Is it one of the ones we talked about today? Or give us a Anna and the Apocalypse type of movie. Go ahead. There are give it all. so many out there that we could have chosen. It's a large, saturated pool. I mean, The Christmas Princess 3 is out there on Netflix. Y'all, we didn't so, even I touch mean- Hallmark. Like, think about that. <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> we got to do a lifetime Christmas movie episode exactly. now. Uh, <laughs> uh, so just give us your, uh, just give us a mention and we'll highlight you on the fu- on a future episode. Or maybe you just want to shout out. Either way, you're all part of the panel as much as we are. Uh, Jackie Tan, uh, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jackson underscore DML. Spreading the Christmas cheer. And Yikes' very own Chris, where can we find you? 
you can find me at Chris Internets without an H, all Mexican. Uh, Chris Internets <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram, or you can follow the Land of Yikes on Instagram to stay updated about our next two episodes and the premieres we'll be doing uh, downtown Corpus Christi next year. Great. Oh, and our own. Where can we find you? And uh, yeah, you can find me uh, Sudsy Panda on Instagram. Uh, also, Bridge Burners TV on Instagram as well. We're just getting that started as well. Where you can find some of the fun stuff that uh, uh, Dylan and Jackie and I and some other friends uh, get together and make some. <laughs> uh, also, uh, if you're in Austin, Texas, catch me out Fallout Theater doing some sketch stuff there. Uh, additionally, I also am on a Texas political comedy podcast uh, called Over the Ledge L E G E. Um, yeah, just talking about uh, all the crap that Texas has us going through. Please register to vote. Uh, please. Only way democracy works is if you participate. So uh, your voice counts. Your voice matters. Uh, have it be heard. Um, yeah, Abbott sucks. And you can follow me on my social media accounts at DylanMM5. That's right. D-Y-L-A-N-M-M-5. This is The Cinema Show. Remember, all films are subjective and it's all about perspective. Have a great day and a better tomorrow. And a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Ho, ho, ho. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. <laughs> he got two. <laughs> <laughs>